The entire world has been in some form of lockdown or social isolation for the past seven to eight months. What started as a couple of weeks at home has now become a challenging mental adjustment to a seemingly unending life under quarantine and social distancing. This is our new normal. And despite some parts of the world starting to open up, the fear, anxiety, and worry of COVID-19, along with the mental impact of staying at home, continues to linger. So how do we get through it? Let's have a heart and soul conversation. You're listening to Heart and Soul, a podcast from the Iglesia Cristo Church of Christ. I'm your host, Martin Zerudo, and I'll be interviewing young adults from across the world who are living Christian lives, but are also dealing with real world problems. This is Heart and Soul. Hello everyone, hope you're all doing okay and safe at home. Today I'd like to discuss the impact living in lockdown has had on all of our mental health. For this, I was able to interview Dr. Darwin Bison. Dr. Bison is a clinical psychologist and we had him on last year on a panel discussion about body image. For this topic, we discuss the reasons why people struggle with staying at home, what cabin fever is, and what we can do to help ourselves navigate the uncertainty of living in quarantine during a pandemic. Afterwards, Minister of the Gospel Brother Donald Pinnock will join us to expand on what Dr. Darwin and I discussed. The more anxious you become, the more you feel you need to worry. And you end up worrying, thinking, checking, reassuring yourself that everything will be okay. When actually, it's not okay. The situation is unpredictable, but we keep doing things to escalate our anxiety. And anxiety is the driver of irrational behavior. Hi, my name is Dr. Darwin Bison, and I'm calling in from Notting Hill, London. Hi, Dr. Darwin. Real quick, can you just tell us um, in what field of medicine did you study and, and are practicing in currently? So I am a qualified clinical psychologist, and I work in the field of um, psychosis. So I work with um, people who are having a first episode of psychosis. Right. And can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, in layman's terms, what is psychosis and how does that relate to, to the everyday life of people? So the main um, features of, of psychosis, which is a very serious mental health problem, mm-hmm. is um, people who suffer from what we call delusional beliefs or believing things that aren't necessarily true. Right. Um, driven by fear, which is actually quite relevant. Uh, today you know unfortunately like you mentioned earlier the the fear of of what's happening right now and kind of making people question what's happening around them affecting them mentally it's affecting not just those who who have psychosis but the whole world can you talk about um just the general you know mental effects of being isolated at home can have on on somebody um maybe are you seeing anything there in the uk where there are growing concerns that the longer we're in isolation, the more people are going to get this quote-unquote cabin fever, start getting a little stir-crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, for the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, people were um, coping, you know, they, they were taking taking in their stride. You know, it was all quite new. Um, and, you know, people just got on with things and tried to do their best to adapt to, um, to this change. Um, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of 
emergency change, we can deal with this. Uh, but the longer it goes on, uh, the more realization people have that um, this is not something that's just going to end soon. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, human beings just don't cope well with uncertainty. Um, our whole lives are, um, are designed to um, reduce uncertainty. You know, our nine to five working schedules, our shifts, our, you know, eating at particular times, going to bed at, you know, particular times. It's, we like predictability. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're in a situation where there is no predictability or there's very little pr- predictability and all the, uh, the frameworks that were there to provide some predictability are now gone. So, you know, people are not working or working from home. Um, so that's a huge, a huge um, struggle for people to uh, implement their own um kind of schedules or timetables right right because they're not used to living life that way no it's usually done for us you know like right right and can you speak a little bit about that like uh, you know um i've been reading articles and and some have just talked about how we've just been so comfortable but because we've become such creatures of comfort where nothing really would prevent us from doing whatever we want to now not being able to do anything really outside of of just getting essential goods. Can you talk a little bit about that? How maybe, is there some truth to that, that we were a little bit too comfortable that, that because everything was done for us, not only our schedule, but just, you know, anything that we need with the convenience of anything and everything was out there. And now most of that is gone. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, to varying degrees, this kind of comfort um, gave us a sense of control. Right. Uh, And, um again it, it, it's on the same lines as predictability um con- you know the feeling of being con- in control is quite is reassuring we you know we mm-hmm. um we're comfortable with knowing that we can do what we want when we want um but now this uh, uncertainty is has kind of thrown that um idea of being in control out the window and that's causing a lot of fear a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. uh, people and when we don't know or when we're not in control the the usual first first thing is we need to know we need we need to find out what's going on here we right. need we need to get some uh feeling of certainty back um Mm-hmm. And you, you see that in the behavior of, of, of people they're, they're you know, they're constantly, you know, checking the news, they're constantly, you know, checking social media, they're, they need to know, um, right. they're, 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 uh, um, trying to, you know, grasp something that they can hold on to. Um, but the reality is no one really knows, you know, right. Um, I actually spoke to, um, another doctor in California, he's a, a GP. And I asked him, well, you know, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know how soon it's going to get better, if it's going to get better anytime soon. What have you been saying to your patients? And he said, he said, I tried to be as honest with them as I can, that the sooner we accept that we're in a bad situation, 
the more we can move forward with that understanding that we can't right. control that we're in a yeah. bad situation. Yeah. We just have to accept that it's a bad situation and try and move forward. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And that, that's, that's something that that, that uh, concept of acceptance is very difficult because usually, you know, we're, we're now conditioned that if we don't like something, we just do something about it. We change it. We don't right. like being uncertain. We'll change. We'll, we'll, you know, we don't like, um, you know, the job that we're in. We'll, we'll find a new one. We don't, right. we don't have a choice now. Um, right. And it's so, like, you don't want to stay at home. I'll just go out. Oh, you don't like where you went there. I'll go somewhere else next time. And now you don't have any of those options. You don't have those options. So it, um, highlights or emphasizes what was probably already true is that we have very little control over our day-to-day -day life and how, uh, how fragile, um, our set, our, our control is. Right. Right. Uh, but we're so not used to, um, accepting that. Um, and why, why do you think that is now that we're all, you know, we don't have a choice. We have to accept that we have to be on lockdown. You know, what is that mental barrier that is that kind of, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but in, in general terms, why is it hard for us to accept that right now is not a good situation and that we don't know when it's going to get better? I think, uh, from a, from a psychological perspective, I think what drives, um, uh, people to, uh, find it difficult to accept is because it's easier to um it's easier to uh, give yourself um the idea that you you can do something about it and i'll i'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit more it mm -hmm. for example um if we if we're worried or, or if we're scared we tend to worry yeah worry in that sense is a behavior you know mm -hmm. we're scared we worry and we think when 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 we ask people why do they worry um, a lot of them answer well because i want to be prepared i want to right I, I want to you know know what i might need to do if um what i'm worrying about happens if the worst case scenario happens now that's reasonable but the unintended consequence is by worrying about the worst case scenario, you make yourself feel anxious. The more anxious you become, the more you feel you need to worry. And you end up worrying, thinking, checking, reassuring yourself that everything will be okay. When actually it's not okay. The situation is unpredictable, but we keep doing things to escalate our anxiety and anxiety is the, uh, is the driver of irrational behavior. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm sure most of us can relate to the scary movie, um, example, you know, after having watched a scary movie, it's, it's, we feel scared. We feel anxious, you know, for a right. short time afterwards, but what do we do? when we go into the bathroom after having watched a scary movie. Run in and run out as fast as you can. Exactly. We don't look into the mirror. We turn the lights on. We maybe ask someone to come with us. Yeah. Um, but we know 
if you ask them, if, if, if you ask anybody, they don't believe that um, something bad is going to happen. But what's driving that behavior? It's fear. Fear makes us irrational. And as soon as, uh, as, soon as we realize um, that it's fear that's driving our behavior and then stop that fear-driven behavior, the sooner we can get to that point of acceptance. Actually, you know what? Me turning this light, this light on isn't going to change anything. Me, you know, mm. uh, worrying isn't going to change anything. I'm just going to stop worrying. So you just made me realize something. This is amazing. So actually, those who went out and panic bought a whole bunch of toilet paper and disinfectant was yep. a method of, of them finding reassurance that if I have a stockpile of toilet paper, then I'm reassured that everything is going to be okay when it really had no direct correlation to when this pandemic was going to end. Absolutely. It's all to relieve the feeling of anxiety in the short term. Wow. And that's essentially the pattern that we tend to fall into. And, and what's really interesting is that it's now no longer just the the, the people suffering from mental illness that are experiencing this. We're all fear-driven now. Our behavior, to, to varying degrees, is fear-driven, and we're doing irrational things. We're right. you know, buying more than we need. We're uh, you know, checking the news more than we usually do. We're, some of us are believing conspiracy theories about where this you know, virus has come from, and even like if there there was an intention or like a malicious purpose yeah. as to why it even started in the first place. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And this is all well. I, for me, one of the main reasons for this is it's this need to know. It comes back to this uh, dealing with uncertainty. Well, yeah, this came from China. Yeah, that's 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 the explanation. Well, now I know. That's better than not knowing. Right. Because not knowing is more anxiety provoking and we don't like to feel anxiety. We don't like to feel not in control. And I guess because there's so much uncertainty as to when there's going to be a vaccine, you know, how how long the supplies are going to last, the amount of cases, the amount of deaths, then people start, especially on social media, you know, gravitating towards conspiracy theories of those who are willing to give these answers whether or not they're factual or based off of any kind of science, it's more reassuring for them to say, well, that person said it on Facebook mm -hmm. or that person posted it. So that must be what what's happening. Yeah. Even if people don't really believe it, you know, it, it's the it's it, it it's very powerful, this um, anxiety relief. It's a bit like a drug. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, it, regardless it, of what form that relief takes, so long as they get that relief and that's as long as they get that relief. Priority. We really don't like feeling anxious. We, we're, we're actually hardwired to, to do that. Our brains, um, you know, release, you know, neurochemicals, uh, adrenaline, and it drives us. It drives us to, to um, physically to, to look for threat and to try mm -hmm. and eradicate it. Um, um, and, and the counterbalance to that is stepping back and thinking. And when we're... When right. we're when when we're anxious, we don't we don't think uh, 
in a wider sense. We, we're very narrow focused when we're, when we're anxious. It's like being in a jungle. You know, you hear at night on your own, you hear a rustling in the bushes. You're not going to listen out, you know, you know, you know, the background noises for the jungle. You, your, your whole focus and your attention will be where did that noise come from? Right. Is it a monster outside my window? Yeah, exactly. Can you uh, explain to those who are listening, you know, what exactly is, you know, quote unquote, cabin fever or going stir crazy? You know, what is that and, and how is that in relation to what we're going through right now? So, you know, ordinarily, you know, we, we, we have these kind of natural, natural breaks from, you know, our thought process, you know, we very rarely do we spend hours and hours and hours thinking about all our worries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we have natural breaks, we go to work, we, we, uh, uh, you know, go for a walk outside, we have these natural breaks. Um, but if you're confined for, you know, a, an extended period of time, in isolation, there is no checks or balances on your on your thinking. And you just have this ongoing kind of uh, obsession or ongoing preoccupation with your worry. And that has a, a huge impact on your on on how your body functions and how your mind functions, you then uh, find it very difficult to sleep, you become sleep deprived, you then, right. uh, when you're sleep deprived, your thinking becomes even less rational. Your mood shifts even, you know, more erratically. You become impulsive. Your your appetite goes. You're no longer having enough nutrition, and it all kind of combines in this perfect storm, where you then just kind of implode, uh, and and. You, you just don't function um, rationally, yeah. right? Um, so that's you know, I, I, you know in in the past that, that that was used as a form of torture. Um, you know, I mean, you know, isolation or, or solitary confinement in the prison is a method of punishment to criminals, where they're confined to a small space and they can't go anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. And without any sort of external stimulation or breaks from your from your own thought process, add some sleep deprivation into that. Uh, on top of a pandemic, on top of when else, not knowing when this is all going to end. So yeah, in very extreme situations, you know, people will just literally drive themselves mad, stir crazy. So uh, you know, what are some common tips that? For our listeners who who because uh, I've I've interviewed uh, uh, you know maybe about ten or fifteen people and one of the things that they said their families or friends are going through is that they want to go outside they want to they want to be able to see their friends they know that we have to social distance that we have to remain you know in lockdown but there's that itch that I need to go outside I need to be outside of the environment of my home physically and the environment of my thoughts mentally like you mentioned so. If in the absence of being able to do that, do you have any tips to kind of help cope? It's interesting that when we um, are feeling kind of extreme distress, we look for quite, um, I wouldn't say extreme, but we, we look for very explicit 
changes. You know, like we, if we're inside, we want to go outside. Actually, we, you know, any small changes can make a make a big difference. In one of the things that we we advise our patients who are very anxious because of their worries is we ask them to a check their thinking every so often uh, and make them more aware that they are worrying. So a very basic thing is ask yourself, what are you thinking about? Is what you're thinking about making you feel more or less anxious? Is what you're thinking about helpful? Do a little kind of audit on your current thought process. If it doesn't make you feel better, or in other words, it's depleting you, then you need to take a step back, stop, and try and limit the amount of time you spend thinking uh, negatively or worrying. When you ask people, it's, it's really surprising, but um, when you ask people, uh, do they ever try and stop worrying? People very rarely consciously try to stop worrying. They only stop worrying when they, um, when, when you know they have evidence that what they're worrying about is no longer around, or they fall asleep, or they're distracted by something else. Very rarely do people intentionally stop or consciously stop. So incorporating that kind of awareness and stopping yourself from worrying is a very simple thing to do that doesn't require you to go outside and put yourself at risk. But if you can uh, be more aware, in tune with your own mental processes, that would be a huge, huge help because your mind goes places uh, that you don't realize is causing you a lot of damage and you want to keep it, keep it away from, from, the, from, those, um, from those dangerous places. Definitely. And I kind of want to switch gears now when you said that, you know, we, we're not so good with dealing with uncertainty or not having control. You know, as members of the Church of Christ, that's kind of ingrained in us, knowing that not everything is in our control and that the world is full of uncertainty. Um, you know, why are, uh, you know, why as members of the Church of Christ are we more, I guess, the advantage is that we're a little bit more mentally prepared, mentally equipped that this situation isn't necessarily going to have such you know, negative repercussions to our, our mental state because of, of the faith that, that has been ingrained in us. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree that, you know, members of the Church of Christ are more mentally prepared. And, you know, one of the things that I always remember is that, um, uh, it, especially now and now in, the, in, this, in, the, in these challenging times, is that you're not to rely on your own abilities. You know, that, that was always ingrained in me, uh, you know, growing up, not to rely on your own abilities. You know, you, human abilities are limited um, and we should uh, put our trust in God. Now, right. for someone who does, has grown up trusting their abilities, that's very difficult, you know, very, you know, or, or this idea that, 
you know, you know, human beings, scientists, and you know, all, all these very clever people can find a way. You know, letting go of that idea that we can do something about it is is very very difficult. But I think for, for members of the church, that that's ingrained in us. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that, that that's a very good foundation for dealing with what we're going through now. Um, trusting, um, you know, having that trust in God despite what's going on, you know, that solid foundation for a lot of people who don't have that, that's a frightening place to be. Whereas for right. us, it's, we have an anchor, you know, we're, 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 we're grounded, you know, there, there, there is this solid, you know, um, rock that is immovable that, uh, you know, we can just anchor ourselves to and we're, we're, we're good, you know. No, there's nothing that can, that, that can that can move us or harm us. And how you know, mentally speaking, how how invaluable is that to have that anchor? That is, uh, I think, the bedrock. Uh, that's the foundation of um, you know keeping yourself sane in a really uncertain situation. Um, uh, you know, it, you, you just look at the analogy. If you don't have an anchor, if you, if you're not tied to anything, you're you're just basically drifting. You're 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 just drifting at sea with no direction, uh, and and that's a really scary place uh, mentally. Whereas here, you don't need to keep checking. You don't need to keep you know. Uh, doing unreasonable, irrational things, because you know that, you know, whichever way things go, you'll be okay. That's, you know, you don't, that relieves you of anxiety. Then you have, you, you, if you're relieved of anxiety and fear, um, then you, you're, you're very, it's unlikely that you'll get caught in that vicious trap, that vicious cycle of, you know, irrational behavior. Because you're, you you don't need to. Right. What's one piece of advice for any of our listeners right now who are are going through this? You know, who may have relatives, family members on the front line, worrying about them. You know, isolated at home with nobody to talk to. You know, worried about themselves. You know, is there anything that you can give to reassure them that that we'll get through this okay together? Yeah, I think it comes back to something we mentioned earlier about, um, you know, realizing how limited we are as individuals and not trying to, not trying to solve this situation and not trying to go for short term solutions to, to make yourself feel better, you know, bring all of those anxieties to, to God, um, and, accept that we are not in control that it's god who is in control of this situation and that we leave all our worries and cares to to god which will then liberate us and free us to then focus on what we need to do that's useful that's nourishing you know to uh all the more and connect to our faith and what we do uh, as members of the Church of Christ to pray more, to uh, you know attend the worship service, um, even though it's in our own homes, to make sure that we try to make 
the environment in which we worship uh, as you know as sacred and as holy as possible. Um, right, right. To you know to to really immerse ourselves uh, in you know in what we do as you know as as members of the church to 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 because this is a real challenge to to our faith now and and for a lot of us this will really uh, help us i believe this is a good opportunity to 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 really prove how much we do trust in god and the only way you can do that is by uh accepting our limitations and and trusting that god will bring us through this that was Dr. Darwin Bison. Now joining us is Minister of the Gospel, Brother Donald Pinnock. Brother Donald, Dr. Darwin mentioned that members of the Church of Christ deal with bad situations differently. For our listeners who are not members of the Church of Christ, what does that mean? Well, members of the Church of Christ do not place their trust nor hope in their own ability or even that of their fellow men, like what some people are doing. Rather, they follow what the Bible teaches for example, we can read in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. Man's understanding and ability, as we know, is limited. And God is quite the opposite. He is all-knowing and unlimited in his ability. That is why the members of the Church of Christ, they place their hope and trust in who will, as the Bible teaches, direct our paths. And Brother Donald, how are members of the Church of Christ better mentally equipped to handle these kind of challenges? Well, it's not because we consider ourselves more intelligent or capable than other people, but rather we follow and believe in what the Bible teaches. Philippians 4, 6-7 makes known, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. We should notice that God grants us the inner peace that we need, especially during difficult times like this, so that we do not fall into despair or desperation. Now, what have members of the Church of Christ been doing during lockdown, and, and how has that helped them? Well, just like so many people, Martin, we have found ourselves with time to focus on certain aspects of life that perhaps were neglected in one way or another due to focusing on that which was more important in the sense of earning a living and for the students when it came to pursuing their education. But now we all find more time to, for example, exercise when it comes to enhancing our family bonds and even pursuing hobbies. But what is a staple in the life of Church of Christ members before and even during the lockdown restrictions is none other than the worship of God. Church of Christ members have been worshiping God, primarily via video conferencing technology. The importance of the worship service cannot be overstated, as we can glean from the following citation. How happy are the people who worship you with songs, 
who live in the light of your kindness. Because of you, they rejoice all day long, and they praise you for your goodness. You give us great victories. In your love, you make us triumphant. And by the way, we just read Psalms 89, 15 to 17. Worshiping God gives us the joy or happiness that we need, even in the midst of this pandemic. During the worship service, we are able to sing hymns or praises. It is also during the worship service when we can best pray unto God. And how effective can prayer be in our lives? Maybe those who are listening, you know, they're worried about what's happening out there. Can prayer really make a difference? Yes, it can, Martin. We believe in what the Bible teaches about what God is prepared to do when we call or pray to Him. Psalms 91, 15 to 16 states this, When they call to me, I will answer them. When they are in trouble, I will be with them. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with long life. I will save them. We should notice that God is prepared not only to hear, but also to answer the prayers of his servants. And how is it that he will answer? Well, he says that he would be with us, he would rescue us, he would reward us with long life and save us. What more could we ask for? Definitely, Brother Donald. It's, it's kind of freeing to know that you know, God is there and, and that he is, he's controlling so much of, of what is good for us. So how does knowing that God is in control of our lives help us? Well, for us members of the Church of Christ, Martin, it gives us assurance and comfort because we know we can depend on God to help us at all times since he himself promises the following in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is why we rely completely on what God can do for us. We trust wholeheartedly in His promises. We do our part, of course, such as following the guidelines implemented by government officials during this pandemic, but we have the most important layer of security. We have none other than the Almighty God to keep us safe and to grant us a successful future. We want to thank you all so much for joining us. First of all, thank you, Brother Donald, for that amazing and enlightening spiritual guidance. Thank you to Dr. Darwin, who is in the UK, for his expert advice. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please continue to follow our hashtag on our Instagram, hashtag Heart and Soul Conversations, to stay up to date with all things Heart and Soul. Make sure to subscribe to Heart and Soul wherever you get your podcast apps. And you can watch some of Heart and Soul on our INC Media app, which you can download now on any of your streaming platforms, whether it's Android, Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick. That's it from us today. Hope we were able to help, hope you we were able to connect, and hope you'll join us next time. Ready to listen with all your heart and soul. Be safe and take care.